me, or luck, that my initial experience of the silver screen exposed me to the peerless Cooper? Both is how I view it today. One of the most handsome men God ever put breath into had the profoundest effect on me. The feelings released in me, sitting in the dark of the one shilling and ninepenny seats, was to set the course of my life. The timeless part of him he gave to the camera reached into me as if there was no separation. The desire to be like him, initially a legionnaire and later an actor, matured as I grew, remained my secret. A secret kept for sixteen years when our first telly arrived. My mum packed me off to school prematurely when I was three, but this was later reprieved until I was five. However, although the primary school was a really nice modern building, the area we had located to from Bow, Plasso, was quite middle class when it was invaded by the hordes trying to evade the bombing of the East India docks. Yet the actual method of teaching us five- to ten-year-olds was mostly learning by rote, to which my particular brain wasn't suited. The contrary, in fact. Of course, this led to most of the teachers to consider me a dunce. This, fortunately, was offset by the fact that lots of the other boy and girl pupils did seek me out on Mondays to inquire how I had spent the weekend. My mum, unlike my instructors, had no such doubts. Her eldest had her complete faith. She would bolster my introversion, yet counter my shyness with her own philosophy. I recall her once asking me what I wanted to do with my life. I guess I was about eleven or twelve, and had miraculously passed the eleven-plus. Never dreaming of sharing my innermost aspirations, I asked her what she would have become given the opportunities. Mm, something there is only one of. Uh, like a pope? It never actually occurred to me just how poverty-stricken we were until I started being invited into other boys' houses and I noticed they had carpet on the floors. I don't recall anyone outside of the family being invited indoors. It later emerged my mother was ashamed by our furnishings, or lack of them. She counteracted this by ensuring we were always spotless and as well turned out as possible. This probably was the reason later in life I was included in the best-dressed man in Best of Britain lists. When my mother passed away and I was spurred to scribble an autobiography, some of the girls I had attended Plasto Grammar School with contacted me. They all agreed they hadn't considered how hard up we were as I was always so smart and clean. Chadwin Road housed the roughest kids in the neighbourhood. None of us were truly content there. A bit like the seats in the new buses that face backwards, artistically designed to make you feel nauseous. There was much to be said for Plasto. It had an open-air Lido at our end of the Beckton Road Park. The park, where it was claimed, seven winds blew. Fact or not, it must have extended the direction of the fine aspects of my breath. 
a library in Prince Regent's Lane, where I initially went with my mum, and later, under my own steam, came upon Edgar Wallace's Four Just Men, who dwelt in Curzon Street. And lastly, the dumps, a barren mass of accumulated rubbish that stretched endlessly beyond Tollgate Primary School's grounds in the wreck to a haphazard training ground and football pitch. I mention these as the great pastime that became an integral part of my childhood, roaming, broadening my outlook like Columbus. The less we knew about where we were, the farther we roamed. It built my very fussy appetite for the cooked meals, usually three a day, that miraculously manifested from my mum's share of my dad's £12-a-week wages. Ethel Esther Perrot, to give my mum her name before she met Tom